Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm tired. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I took a I ran home from work yesterday. Like whoa, literally whoa, whoa, not whoa. in the figurative sense that one quickly gets home. No, I right. like actually ran home uh, about a two choice? miles. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I, well, okay. partly. Well, see, it's partly choice because I, I needed to. I certainly could have mm-hmm. called an Uber. I don't. I usually bike to work, but then I I could have used the the blue line, but I forgot my wallet. So I just, you know, what I said. All right, I'm just gonna try this. And it was a so this running thing. So the yogging thing is all about. It was a horrible, horrible mistake. <laughs> I'm I'm sore in about every way that a man could be sore. Now, uh, did you did you run like in Zach Efron and Neighbors too? Did you run uh, in, in your bare feet? No, no, okay. I, I I opted for shoes. Um, yeah, it was just it was it's a tough it's tough. Stick man. with it. Listen, stick with it, buddy. Charlotte is it's called Uptown because the the oh, center Lord, of it. Go. Is it's up in both directions, so you're you're no matter what direction you're running, you're getting a hill at some point. It's a tough run. Uh, let's begin today (laughs) with a draft profile of John Collins, power forward from Wake Forest. His stock is moving in the right direction right now. He began in the kind of lower to mid 20s, but Draft Express now has him at 14. And NBADraft.net has him at 13. The question, though, David, is he right for the Hornets with the number 11 pick? Let's get some analysis from Riley Johnston, managing editor of Blogger So Dear, the SB Nation blog, on the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. This is Riley. Riley, this is Doug from Locked on Hornets. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Doug? Good. I'm I'm ready to talk some John Collins, exciting prospect out of the ACC. What's the one word that comes to mind when you think about what John Collins did at Wake Forest last season? I mean, I would have to say amazing. Um, came out of nowhere, really, after a, not a subpar freshman year, but just a uh, you know mediocre year to come in and really step up and become one of the best bigs of the country. It was uh, it's truly amazing considering the efficiency that uh, he put together throughout the course of the season. Yeah, he was ranked 230th in the class of 2015 according to 24/7 Sports. What happened behind the scenes that allowed him to average nearly 20 and eight last season? 
You know, that's an excellent question. I, I think a lot of that starts with Danny Manning and his development of post guys at Wake Forest. Um, he, he had a lot of guys at Canis that he did a good job there. The uh, Morris twins and also I believe Jeff Withy was one of the guys that he worked with a lot and turned him into a prospect. And he, he really did the same thing with John Collins. And, uh, you know, I think he averaged uh, maybe 14 minutes a game his freshman year and then came in this year and had it not been for foul trouble, he probably would have averaged a lot more. Um, but the way he plays around the basket, his can use his left and right hand and just has a knack for getting after the ball is uh, something that I haven't seen in a long time. And I've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of really good big men play at Wake Forest over the last 20 years. So it's uh it was fun to watch for sure. You talked about his post development. What do you think, developed most between that freshman year and sophomore year? What were some changes that you saw in his game, uh, some things that he could do all of a sudden that he couldn't do before? Well, he can operate out of both sides of the post, which is very helpful. I know that will translate to the NBA. He can set up on either side. He can use his right and left hand um, to get to the basket. And he also, throughout the years, he got a little bit better and more comfortable with uh, getting the ball at those post positions. He could get into the triple threat position, whether he got it kind of up top at the wing uh, at the free throw line. He could drive, he could pass, and he could also get to the basket. And he developed a mid-range shot that he, he didn't really get to showcase throughout the course of the year. But um, – as he's kind of showing out the NBA combine and the individual workouts, he, he can uh, extend the range too. And I think that will translate very well to the NBA where he's going to be called upon more as maybe a stretch four than, than a five, like he was asked to play at Wake. Advanced stats love this guy. And a lot of that has to do with his gaudy 36.3 PER. That's highest among first round draft prospects. And he did that in, in the ACC. Uh, what led to his success on the stat sheet? I imagine a lot of it has to do with that rebounding number. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he was ranked eighth in the nation individually with his offensive rebounding percentage uh, and 37th. Uh, according to Kimpom.com. So he, he was a very, very good rebounder inside. If he got his hand on the ball, then, then he was going to get the ball. <laughs> and a lot of times he was going to go right back up with it. His, his possessions this year for Wake was at 29.4, and it was a 30% usage for uh, ACC play. Yet he still managed to have a 125.6 uh, offensive rating. Basically, he did better than what Zach Collins did at Gonzaga, and it's adjusted for the playing in the ACC. And that that's pretty phenomenal when you think about it. I mean, outside of uh, really Gonzaga, Zag and maybe BYU or uh, SMU, St. Mary's and BYU out there. There's nobody uh, anywhere close to ACC caliber. And John Collins basically did better than Zach Collins did playing in a better league. And I think rebounding has a lot to do with it. But once he got comfortable on the court and knew that Coach Manning wasn't going to take him out after one or two fouls, I think he really thrived and he was able to be aggressive and demonstrate his, I guess, increased skill set from both the right and left side. A lot of people are describing John Collins as having an old-school game. You see it come up in scouting reports over and over, old-school game. Is that a dead-on assessment, or, or are there flashes of something that tells you that he could have a chance to adapt to the modern NBA big style? Yeah, I think he can do a little bit of both. And I know a lot of people are kind of low on him trying to decide whether or not he can step out and shoot or if he can handle the ball or all that. But I think he's got the intangibles to really benefit on and off the court. His demeanor helps out a lot in that. He's never too high, never too low. And he's got the game to do it. And he's the work ethic that he's got as well is something that it's hard to teach. And I know a lot of people have been talking about uh, – comparison to to Tim Duncan on the court and off the court and part of that just comes with the with the Wake Forest name where Tim Duncan is the gold standard for Wake Forest big men but th there are a lot of similarities there and I 
I honestly hesitate to say that he's as good as Tim Duncan, but I do think he had that old school mentality where he'll use the glass. He, he figures out the smart way to score. He never tries to do too much and uh, he knows what he's good at and he just relies on that. And if the defense is going to give him something, he's going to take it. Let's talk about a few of the knocks that he has on his game, starting with his defense. Is it a work ethic kind of thing or is it a fundamentals thing, the struggles that he had defensively? I think it's definitely not a work ethic thing. I think a lot of it was kind of the product of the environment that he was playing in. At Wake Forest, he was paired up with Dinos Medicler, who is a legitimate stretch four out of Greece. And Collins was asked to play the five, and he's definitely got the side to do it at the 6'10", 235. But his frame hasn't exactly filled out yet. He's a wiry guy, and I think that's what he's continuing to work on. Um, the, the strength guy at Wake, Ryan Horn, has done a fantastic job of getting him to where he is now, but he's still got a long way to go. And I think more of it is not just really what he does defensively. And he's got ways to go, pick and roll defense. He needs to work on that, communication, stuff like that. But the interior defense was more of just Coach Manning telling him not to foul. And that doesn't necessarily make up for all the flaws that you see on film. Uh, I know there were several times where he was called out of position or he heads too far on a pick and roll. But I think he got more than enough defense and lateral foot speed to uh, help play defense in the NBA and have that help defense on uh, on dribble drive. So I don't think it's a huge concern. I think it's more of just the system he was in at Wake Forest and what he was being asked to do to remain on the court instead of picking up cheap fouls and uh, you know, his, he was worth more on the floor than on the bench, obviously. What kind of team do you see John Collins landing on and being really successful? What's what's that team makeup like? What's the what's the organization like that would um, that would allow John Collins to be most successful? I think really he's going to thrive in whatever environment he winds up getting drafted into. I've seen the Miami Heat come up a couple of times in mock drafts that I've seen recently. I think that would be a pretty good fit for him because he could play alongside Whiteside and he wouldn't be asked to do an overly large amount of uh, blocking, defending the rim and all that stuff. So I think that would allow him to kind of come in and get those kind of spots. But as far as a uh, personality wise, he's going to fit in wherever, wherever he goes. He, his work ethic truly is one of the better that I've seen at Wake Forest. And he's been constantly and consistently overrated throughout his entire career. I mean, he was a three-star coming out of college. And uh, if you watched him play last year, there's no way that guy was a three-star a year and a half ago, either that or Danny Manning's the best big man coach that I've seen in a long time, but he, he was definitely underrated. He kind of flew under the radar on these big uh, schools. And when he came into wake, he, he found the perfect fit. And, and a lot of that is more, uh, I think John Collins than anything else. Uh, the way he was raised, uh, I think he was in the military, his parents were in the military, that kind of discipline. So he's going to, he's not going to be an off the court distraction at all. So I think any system that he goes into, he will adapt to the role that he's asked to do. And I think he's going to thrive. So, David Riley, very excited about John Collins, and that's to be expected because John Collins did great things for Wake Forest unexpectedly, and I think you really like John Collins as well. Well, I certainly like what he can bring. I mean, we're looking at these prospects, right, and what they can bring to the Hornets and what they may have been missing last year. And this guy, John Collins, brings athleticism, uh, some low post scoring, a nice touch in the low post. A lot of good things to like, Doug. I mean, I know there are downsides to his game, but I mean, you know, his per 40 minutes of almost 30 points, 15 rebounds is nice. Um, 67% true shooting percentage and number one in PER among all college basketball 
thank you draft express for those awesome numbers. But, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I saw him play obviously against, um, Carolina who I watched for most of the season. And then also Florida state where he did not have a good games. And those two front lines were some of the ones that are like more NBA ready. Um, but all the stuff I did like, uh, Doug, yeah, his, uh, his bounce, you know, his ability to run the floor, talking about running a little bit, he gets out and goes, I could, I could picture him, you know, in a Cody Zeller like role, just in the fact that, that he runs the floor from rim to rim. So, I mean, a lot of good things to like, I know now, now how, how tall do we think he is? He's six, nine, six, 10, right? Six, nine. Okay. Six, 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 nine and a half in shoes. Right. Which is not, not, was worried. He was about six, eight. Oh, okay. Well, no, I, I, that's fine. He, yeah, he's six, nine. Okay. Six, ten um, on a good still day. A young, and still a young guy, right? I think what the, won't turn 20 until the start of the season. So, I mean, I do think he's got, he's got some things to improve on and I look forward to hearing some of your, your worries, but I think in a coach Clifford system, especially in defense, cause that's, that's kind of the downside with, with John Collins right now. Um, especially on tape. I mean, you can see some of the defensive um, inefficiencies, let's say. But I think that would be that would be great for him to get in the system and learn from some guys that can teach us some defensive, um, some defensive principles. And we know uh, Clifford can do that. And he also, I mean, you mentioned the numbers. The numbers are stellar. But he also yeah. did something that Dennis Smith at NC State who a lot of people are excited about if if he happens mm-hmm. to fall to the Hornets, and something that Markel Fultz, who will likely be the number one overall selection, uh, did not do. Uh, take their team to an unlikely NCAA tournament berth. Good point. Good point. Uh, Collins, yeah. is, Collins is getting a lot of comparisons to a guy who had a lot of success in Charlotte, David, Al Jefferson. Would the Hornets be wise to seek out that type of player again? Do you see that, though? I mean, do you see that comp, that Al Jefferson comp? I mean, I guess in the low post scoring, but it, I mean, he's much more athletic than, than Big Al was. To and me. smaller. And, he looks, and smaller, yeah. And he doesn't have the, I mean. Baby Al. That's a, baby, baby baby Al. Baby Big Al. But he, he doesn't have the, uh, he's not the professor of the low post like <laughs> Al was. You know, I mean, his, his moves are quick and he's got a good touch around the rim. I'll say that. But he also, I mean, he's more aggressive to the rim and. Um, you know, as Draft Express says, looks to dunk about everything once he gets inside the paint. So, I mean, I guess this is just the comp of uh, of being able to score, you know, once he gets inside. That's, that's the Al comparison. I think so, yeah. Working, and you yeah. heard Riley talk about it, working both sides of the paint, you know, being yeah. sort of ambidextrous when it comes to his post game. I, I think that that's where that comparison goes. But Let's start with his offense, uh, where where I have some issues with John Collins. I'll just say it up front. I, I don't think that this is a great fit for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, especially at 11. I, I know that Collins' draft stock is rising right now. I expect him uh, to fall somewhat as as people get a little bit of a closer look at him. And not because, not because he's not talented, just because I don't think that his game will translate in in the first few years i think it's going to take a pretty monumental transition in his in his skill set uh and he's got the work ethic he's got the the mindset to do that uh but Mm -hmm. it will take that for him to be be successful And, and it starts offensively he has the same problem that zach collins has in that so much of his total offense was derived from the post up position and neither player really has the body the frame 
to be successful with that in the NBA from the start or even in the first few years, I think. Uh, John has a better chance at eventually developing that body, I think. And Zach has his outside shot. <clears throat> but you would really like to have seen them both in the pick and roll more. Though I will say this. Collins is good in the pick and roll, though. He's good in the pick and roll. A lot more powerful. He's bouncy in space. He's good at catching lobs as well. Uh, good screener. If he's, I was going to say, yeah. If he's, if he continues to be disciplined with that screen setting, he he looks for contact. He's definitely not afraid. Doesn't he, he's good with his timing. Stays with the screen, uh, and and he controls the ball because we know he had some issues with turnovers as well. He could be a very dangerous uh, pick and roll player, but. Yeah, I think the numbers, the 28.8 points, 14.8 rebounds per 40 kind of numbers are very, very deceiving. Like You don't want to really look at those because so much of that was derived from just his power post-up game. And I think that's the other thing, too. A lot of his post-up was just powering through guys, and he's not going to be able to do that at all in the NBA. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Certainly not right away. I mentioned how young he is, but uh, some of the intangibles that you also mentioned, I think, are, are his big selling points, right? Like he's going after every ball. Uh, he wants to win those 50-50 balls. And let's be honest, I mean, that's something that the Hornets you know, did not have a lot of on this team last year. It's something that they really haven't had a lot of over the last couple of years. You know, you, you, I remember guys like, you know, uh, help me with some of these names, though, like Jeff Adrian that came in and – I'm just talking about guys that kind of disrupted things, right? That were put another kind of undersized guy uh, that would go up and just bang with guys and were willing to sacrifice their body a little bit. I don't know that you want to spend the 11 pick on a guy that is, you know, going to give you that level of contribution. But at the same time, um, like I said, I think he can improve with, with more coaching, especially on the defensive end, but also in his offensive game. I mean, I could see him adding a jump shot and being like a, like a Morris twin type player to me um, with a little more explosiveness. So there's a lot to like. I just, I, I think honestly, if a, if a few more people had seen Wake Forest play, um, maybe they'd gone a little further in the tournament. I mean, I think he would have been up there to start the draft process. So we'll see how some of these workouts go. I mean, if he does, I think if he puts together a couple of workouts where he does hit some outside shots, he's going to stay around that range. And you know, if some of these other guys are gone at 11, the Hornets can't make moves. Now, now let me ask you this. You've been big on the trading back, right? So if they could drop back a few, grab them 15 to 20, something like that. Yeah, if, if I think if another team, you know, 11 to 15 is not fooled into, into taking John Collins, or he might be a better fit with another team, I just don't know if he's necessarily a fit – I don't know where he plays in this roster, especially because mm-hmm. of his defensive issues, his basketball IQ, kind of low size, strength, closeout deficiencies all showed in his defensive game. You heard Riley say that he played a lot of center, just like my man Frank Kaminsky did in college, and he's going to face a lot of the same similar issues defensively that Frank did and that he's going to get beat down low by power power forwards and face smaller matchups that he's unable to either close out or stay with because he has he has quick feet and that helps him mm-hmm. in that pick and roll game it helps him offensively uh, sometimes he rushes a little bit offensively but defensively those same quick feet have not allowed him uh, to really take advantage of 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 that uh, on defense because he just doesn't he doesn't see the game I think slow enough on defense yet 
uh, to really make an impact. And it'll be a t- it'll if they do end up drafting John Collins, it will be a major test for a new coach that they've hired, Mike Batiste, uh, who is uh, was a player development coach in Brooklyn and uh, and was a shot blocker in college and overseas. And so mm-hmm. you know he knows the big man game. It would be a a, a big test for him. And you know I, I think it would be a big risk though at eleven. I think Collins for me is still a 20 to 30 kind of talent because I do see I do see upside, I do see potential and you do see, you know, the good intangibles as you say, but I, I just think it's too big of a risk in the teens. But that's that's what a lot of people want the Hornets to do, right? Take a swing for the fences. I mean, he would certainly fit that narrative. I don't. But I don't he's know going. If but upside, if the Hornets, I don't know if that upside is there. If the but, Hornets take uh, him, know. just the the way the roster is constructed, he's going to spend a year or two in Greensboro. I don't think that's going to make any fans happy. Well, yeah, I, I just think that a lot of people want to see them take a, a chance on a guy that could be a, a you know a high ceiling talent. I mean, do you think he could fit that role? Is can he put that in his game, giving, given some of the, you know, um, physical limitations? And I'm not overly worried about like six, nine and a half, to be honest with you. Um, but look, that's what a lot of people want to see. Hey, they've got to hit a home run on one of these draft picks eventually. They've got to take a chance and get a guy that, you know, has a super high ceiling. I think his ceiling could be pretty high. Maybe. We shall see. Um, Hey, if you are great at sales and looking for an opportunity in sports, I want you to listen up. The Locked On Podcast Network is hiring a national sales manager right now. Be a part of the fastest growing sports podcast network selling the NBA channel, the NFL channel, and the entire network to national advertisers. If you have the skills, if you've got the perseverance and the game to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, email LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com. That's LockedOnPodcasts at gmail.com with your resume. Uh, okay, before we get out of here, David, uh, great stuff there on John Collins. And thanks again to Riley Johnston, yeah. who is the managing editor of Blogger So Dear. Um, let's talk about some things we can't get over. Starting on Instagram, David, you caught this. A couple of, uh, or one Hornet and uh, President Fred Whitfield was there as well. Uh, but Cody Zeller at the PGA Championship Media Day. And mm-hmm. uh, you got this pic on Instagram here of him looking out the window towards the course and he's wearing the blue jeans the denim the denim at, at the at the quail hollow golf club I, I i've i haven't tried to do that myself when i go out there you know I, i'm usually dressed to the nines but um yeah what got me more doug was just just the uh just the longing look on his face just just a very deep thought from cody right there well i first of all i gotta go back to the jeans because i just <laughs> tall people get so many get so much leeway when it comes to fashion i mean you, you're tall, saying like people are people are just like well you can't find anything else well, or, no, or just, just tall, like just, they don't want to tell them why exactly well there's that i think there's an intimidation factor <laughs> but i think it's just like look i think it's hard you know what it is is i think people assume that for really tall people it's very difficult to buy clothes and so they go, well, that's probably well, that's probably yeah. all he could find. I think what happened was MJ was like, go test the waters for me. <laughs> I've got some jeans that I really I really want to wear. I just need you to dip your toe in this denim water out there at Quail for me and, and, and just report back. I'll, so, I'll let you wear these these rare 
Jordans that no one else has ever worn before. I think, yeah, I think he was. I think he was wearing some rare Jordans, as he should be. Uh, yeah, but I, I just, it's, yeah, I could never get away with that at 5'11". I could never get away with wearing denim at a golf course. They'd be like, sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> and also, and also grow 12 inches before you come back. <laughs> and also, what are you doing at this press conference? <laughs> Uh, also, hey, Apple made some big announcements, things we can't get over. Would you, were you watching? I know you're like an Apple addict. Were you watching the oh, man. the presser, the Worldwide oh, yeah. Developers went, Conference? Yes, the Worldwide Developers Conference. Yeah, I watch those things all the time, Doug. I'm, I'm super excited about this home speaker, you know. Uh, I'm not. HomePod. No, HomePod. get them out well, of well, I don't Doug, want them. Don't, nope. Have They're you, creepy. Have you experienced Alexa? I don't want things you listening. I'm a little suspicious of my Xbox. I'm not, I don't, I'm one of these guys. I just don't want, all these devices uh, are just tracking my every word and thought. Yeah. And Yeah, they always know where we are, everywhere we go, Doug. You just got to accept it and, and learn to accept, and have fun with the benefits. And one of the benefits is to be like, hey, Siri, um, what's the weather outside? I need to wear my jeans to the golf course. <laughs> Uh, another thing I can't get over. Have you seen this uh, Kobe Bryant Jalen Rose bit? Yes, it's a good one. Yeah, Jalen Rose. Basically, uh, Jalen walking into a restaurant where Kobe is and not really wanting to talk to him, and then Kobe gets Jalen on the sick eighty-one points burn. Uh, it's you know you know what I don't like about this bit. It's that it mm. makes me both like Kobe Bryant and Jalen Rose, and I don't like that. I don't don't, <laughs> don't make me like you. I don't want to like you. I don't I don't particularly care for either of you. And you're with your charm and and your facial expressions. You're making me like you, and I don't like that. My favorite part was what did Kobe say? He'd been doing a little investing, a little producing, <laughs> a little like, writing. No, he says a little writing, just, a little investing. Oh yes, that's that's. I want that to be my answer for for when people ask me what I've been doing. <laughs> a little writing, you know, just a little investing, a little stuff here, a little something, something, a little something small. Oh, Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's so. He's you, not going away. You, I think you, that's. You think that you think the eighty-one burn came from the dark muse cage? <laughs> that kind of died. Uh, that kind of died down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. It has, has it come back? I feel like did it make an appearance? He did one. I think he did one episode. Uh, the one other episode, but I haven't seen it back for the finals. No. Uh, also, one more thing. I know that you can't get over David baby monitors. You were talking about that on social media. Speaking of Apple, I'm praying for them to invent a baby monitor. These things, Doug, if you have not had experience with baby monitors, okay, they range in price. And some of them can get pretty expensive as much as a HomePod. Uh, but but their lasting power and, and their ability to do their job effectively over many months and years is uh, has got to be the worst uh, across the, you know, some, a product on the market. And, no group of products is worse than these pieces of crap. I mean, I have gone back to just Are they using expensive? an app. They can be expensive, yeah. They can get super expensive. Are you kidding me? They've got like, you know, because you, you get the video, you get the screen, you get the multiple screens, you get the multiple cameras. Uh, so you got moving cameras <laughs> that can scroll. You've got cameras you can talk through. You've got black and white. You've got color. But now I'm just uh, now I'm just imagining the uh, what was it from Dark Knight? The thing that they eventually shut down with yeah, like they the, use all the cell phones <laughs> to track everyone to see everything. Doug, yeah, this is the future. That's what you're that's what you're working with. Yeah, so I've just gone back to using an app on my phone, and that works 
basically the best of any of them. I don't have to have any new hardware. And uh, you can basically log into like, you know, it, it, it does a secure connect, not a secure connection, I'm sure, but it connects to the baby monitor almost, you know, regardless of where you are. So that one has worked the best. If you, anyone needs tips on these, yeah, please feel free to email me, but, uh, or, or, dad or, stuff. or tweet me. Hashtag dad stuff. It, it's very frustrating. Doug. I, I've, I've spiked two or three of these baby monitors in my day and I, I've only had kids for four years. So much of the, you know, I, I watched the Apple uh, press conference as well, the developer conference, and obviously there were there was a lot of stuff just for developers, but I also feel like so much of it is is tuned towards people with kids, like all the photo stuff is just so for geared sure. towards people with kids, and I, I feel like I'm I'm not or right, I, I'm not in the I'm not in the zone to be able to access that, or people who live in like really big cities, like a lot of the stuff made sense. If you were traveling in airports a lot or you were in big cities, and that's just not where my life is right now. And so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm even more sort of tuned into the fact that Apple is is really in terms of in terms of hardware, I just think they're out of ideas. They're like, look, we're gonna we're just gonna maximize this iPad, we're gonna slowly get rid of the bezel, we're gonna put touch bars on laptops, but in terms of just hardware they are out of revolutionary ideas for the time being. They're not, yeah, you're not seeing another uh, iPhone or handset, but I don't know. I mean, keep in mind, this is more like the software conference and they usually don't, they usually hold like big hardware announcements like that, like that speaker. Uh, but they had the, the they did the, they did the iMac pro announcement. They did. So they did some they hardware did. stuff here. I don't know. They did. All right. We're out of time. Doug, Doug, listen, yeah. listen, listen, I'm just going to, I don't have an Alexa. Um, my dad has an Alexa. I've seen the Alexas, um, but I do have like a speaker system and I'm looking forward to the home pod. Just don't just, just, just give it a shot, Doug. Just let the robots into your life. No, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to, uh, beat back Skynet with a stick for as long as possible. Um, <laughs> all right, we're out of time. Thanks so much for listening to locked on Hornets here on the locked on podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow for more draft analysis. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.